Hey everyone, this is Danielle Gervino, and I'm the New York-based life and style blogger behind DanielleGervino.com. With a few successful years of blogging under my belt and a background in marketing and design, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the industry and sharing my tips and tricks for growing your brand. We'll chat productivity and design, social media, brand partnerships, growth, and more. I'm dishing out my honest, unfiltered advice and exclusive actionable strategies for monetizing your influence. This is Blogging Unscripted. We are here. We made it. We're ready to kick off episode seven. The Bachelor is finally over so I could focus on more important things in life. And I'm so ready to kick off our last episode in our pitching series today. I hope you guys are not tired of talking about pitching yet because we still got a little bit to go. Today, we're going to cover negotiating 101. And yes, experienced bloggers, there's still going to be plenty of valuable info packed in this podcast for you. So don't leave. Um, honestly, I feel like we could all learn a thing or two about negotiating, myself included. I'm still learning every day. And I feel like there's something to be said for those brands who come out of the gate with a really low ball offer. And while we might feel offended, I know I have plenty of times, it's actually kind of an admirable business trait, cutting out the fluff, getting to the point, and trying to close that deal on your best terms. So we're going to kind of flip the roles today and talk about how we can do that for us in our best terms. So ironically enough, I actually come from a family of negotiators. My grandfather, my dad, my brother, and my husband, Joe, they all work in the commercial real estate business and they're negotiating business deals every day of the week. And it's funny because I'm just now thinking I could probably learn a thing or two from them all. I want to kick off today's episode by identifying our goals as bloggers for participating in a brand collaboration because I feel like it's really important to know those whys before we start kind of dissecting it all. So for most of us, our main goal is to receive the maximum compensation for our services, those services being brand marketing and advertising. And some smaller goals might include increased brand exposure from a repost or a feature with the brand you're collaborating with. It might include free product. Can't say I hate not having to pay for clothes. And it might include a foot in the door to begin a lasting working relationship with a brand. One of our biggest hurdles, once you click send after drafting that pitch email and second guessing yourself 57 times, is getting that maximum compensation. And you know what? Forget maximum. Most of the time we're struggling to get any compensation, period. So today I want to chat about some helpful negotiation tactics and how we can kind of smoothly navigate through that world of sponsorships, collabs, campaigns, whatever you want to call it. So let's get to it. This might be a hard pill for some to swallow, but you guys know that one thing I pride myself on is always being honest with you. And I'm just going to come out and say it. Not everyone deserves to be paid for their work because not everyone is working hard enough. If your following and your influence simply doesn't exist, you can't expect a brand to pay you to gain influence, right? I mean, imagine you're a brand, you just launched your online shop, you've opened a small budget for influencer marketing with a goal of increased brand awareness in the form of new followers. So who are you going to pay? The blogger with an engaged audience who has a great relationship with her followers or 
the blogger who just started a month ago but swears she can deliver. This kind of goes back to our last episode where we talked about brand presence. You can't expect to dive headfirst into a paid brand campaign if you haven't established yourself. And it's really as simple as that. So here's the thing. If you're feeling like you're in that boat, don't feel discouraged. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel less than. Don't worry about it. We all have to start somewhere, right? And if you are just starting out, what I recommend doing is going back and giving a listen to episode two and episode three, where we talk about best marketing practices and building an engaged Instagram audience before you start tackling the pitch process and negotiating and all of that nitty gritty stuff. So on the flip side, for those of us who have got a solid grasp on our brand and who feel confident that we're creating the very best content we can and who have gotten past that initial pitch email, what happens next? Girl, it's time to ask for money. And I know that that can sometimes feel really awkward. So I want to dive into the heart of the podcast episode. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some tips for negotiating your best possible brand deal. You'll probably notice a little bit of a pattern. I like to kind of break my episodes up in either numbered tips or numbered strategies. It helps me compartmentalize. And a few of you have commented that you really like that organization. So I hope this is helpful for you. So I'm going to go through, I think I have six tips for you today. So tip number one is super important. It's number one because it's so crucial and it's know your worth and your why. You need to ask yourself, what areas am I influential in? What sets me aside from others and why? And that can be a really hard question to answer. I actually recently had to fill out a questionnaire for a brand and answer this question myself And I kind of sat there thinking, well, how the hell am I supposed to answer that? I know I can deliver for you, but how do I put that into words without sounding like a total asshole? I honestly sat there for so long just trying to come up with the right words to kind of advocate for myself and and to sing my own praises, I guess. So ultimately, given the type of collaboration it was for, I ended up talking about the quality of my content and the unique, colorful Soho City vibe that my aesthetic delivers. And I felt confident in in my response. So ask yourself, what sets you apart? Is it your content? Is it your engaged audience? And why? And here's how this connects to negotiating. So brands often have a set rate that they offer to every blogger. And sometimes this is in tiers for their follower count for a given campaign. So bloggers from zero to 10,000, we allot this much. From 25 to 50,000, we allot this much and so on and so forth. Here's an insider tip. If they have a budget, they also have room in that budget. And brands move budgets around all the time. If a brand comes to you with a number and you want them to exercise that ability to move that budget around, you need to be able to tell them why you're worth more. Otherwise, what's the point? So instead of saying something like, well, I create high quality content, say something like, my high quality content is a standalone in my niche with a unique, colorful Soho City vibe that my aesthetic delivers. Here's another example. Instead of saying, well, my audience is engaged, say, My average engagement rate in the last month has actually grown by 14% from the month prior. This is also where testimonials and media kits can come in handy. 
always be prepared to hand over your most successful high quality collaborations with measurable results. Keep in mind here that brands are often doing their homework on your previous posts themselves. So always make sure that your information is not only accurate, but that it's up to date. Speaking of media kits, if you want to learn more and you missed episode five, you can skip on back where we talk all about media kits and five brand specialists share their must-include pieces of your media kit when getting ready in those beginning stages of the pitch process. So knowing your why is also a big selling point if you're just starting to work with brands or if your numbers are on the lower side if you consider yourself a micro-influencer. And remember that sheer numbers and traffic doesn't necessarily guarantee higher rates. Depending on the campaign goals, some brands might place higher importance on your imagery or engagement, for example. And knowing your why in this type of scenario could be your closer for landing a deal that you're super happy with and really proud of. So moving on, tip number two, let your team do the talking. So I often hear other bloggers say that they hate the negotiation process because they feel really uncomfortable giving that pushback to a brand. And I'm going to preface this one by saying that while I don't personally use the strategy, if you're someone who feels uncomfortable advocating for yourself in brand negotiations, this might be something to give a try. So you've heard of bloggers who have collaboration managers, combing through contracts, promoting their influencers' abilities, taking care of all of that nitty-gritty in order to get them the highest paying deals, right? Well, then why can't you? You can create a separate email account for your collaboration emails like collabs at daniellegervino.com and let your quote-unquote team take the pressure off you for negotiating for yourself. It's funny because I feel like many of us feel more comfortable going to bat for someone else rather than going to bat for ourselves. Um, and I feel like if that sounds like you, letting your team do the talking, it might allow you to more comfortably and candidly fight for your best deal. So that's just kind of a little side tip if it's something that you you feel kind of scared and uncomfortable doing. So negotiating tip number three, gather the asks. You cannot start to negotiate until you have a crystal clear picture of the deliverables required for a campaign. And oftentimes, brands tend to lead with a clear picture first that doesn't become crystal clear until you actually have a contract in hand. And this is typical. It's a part of the campaign process, but it doesn't mean that you can't ask those initial questions. So here's what you should be assessing when you gather your asks. Number one, what are the campaign goals? Knowing this is going to help you immediately assess whether or not you're qualified for the job. And if not, plain and simple, move on. Number two, what are the deliverables and the due dates? Knowing these will help you determine A, if the deliverables are kind of organically aligned with you and your brand, B, how much time it will take to deliver, and C, what resources you'll need to perform the tasks. And if it doesn't check out, plain and simple, move on. And number three, you need to be asking, am I signing away all of my image rights? So this one's especially important, especially if your photos don't belong to you. Look for words in a contract like perpetuity, which means that a brand would have the right to use your images indefinitely without paying you after a campaign is closed. 
and look for words like non-exclusive, which means that any sub-licensees of a brand could potentially have the right to use your images too. We will talk more about contracts in a later episode because there is so much to dissect there. But more often than not, contract language is pretty standard and unharmful, really, across the board. But there are some instances where you may want to ask about the image rights and the term up front because you also don't want to be naive in signing away your rights and your images, for example, for free. Once you have a solid idea of all of those asks and all of the question marks that have come up have been answered, then you get to ask yourself the one key question. And that question is, given the asks, is this campaign beneficial for my brand? If you have doubts, don't even allow yourself to move on to the rate discussion. And I know that can kind of be a hard thing to think about, especially when you don't know what you could potentially get. But I am telling you from experience, it is not worth doing a deal that doesn't align with your brand, your ethics, your image, any of the above. If something doesn't feel right, go with your gut and turn it down. Plain and simple, period, end of story. On the flip side, though, if you gather the asks and you ask yourself that key question and you find yourself answering yes, then it's time to start the discussion of what you get in return, which leads us to tip four, which is knowing your bottom line. So guys, I I get the enticement of working with your first brands and just kind of feeling grateful that you even have the opportunity and I even get those situations where your dream brand reaches out to you but doesn't offer payment and you accept it, well, because it's a dream brand, right? But at the end of the day, there has to be a bottom line and you have to know what yours is. I go into every single brand conversation knowing my bottom line along with my non-negotiables and I recommend that you do that too. Know them in your head before you even go into it. Remember that at this point in the conversation, the brand has either A, proposed a product for post but hasn't given you a definite we can't pay you, or B, the brand has given you the campaign goals and deliverables with no mention of compensation yet. So it, it's kind of like, the, I feel like brands like to deliver this gray area and it's more often than not that you get this kind of response than the kind of response that looks like, here's what our budget is, do you want to work with us? That's rare. So at this point, it's your move. If you're absolutely not going to take less than your standard rate or the number that you have in your head given the deliverables, be aware of that before you start negotiating. You have to be willing to turn down the opportunity if it isn't worth it to you. And guys, I cannot stress this enough. So I want to talk a little bit about how I typically respond when brands approach me in these types of scenarios, just to give you a little bit of context. Let's call scenario A the brand who has proposed a product for post, but hasn't given you a definite we can't pay you. So this would be my response if I'm interested. Hi brand, thanks for reaching out with this opportunity. Working with brand would be a great fit for my brand that would undoubtedly resonate with my readers. Given the time, effort, and expenses that go into shooting a campaign, I do not participate in product-for-post collaborations without compensation. Is brand working with a marketing budget for this campaign? And that's it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm at the point in my blogging career where I choose to leave it at that. 
there's so much on my plate as it is and I've kind of made a conscious decision not to spend my time on the back and forth if payment is a gray area. So I shoot that response back and what they say to me after that is my deciding factor. That being said, newer bloggers especially, this response can also provide a really great opportunity to work in a point or two about your worth and your why, which is what we talked about in tip one. Think about closing your response with a, here's why I'm worth working with. Oh, that was a tongue twister kind of statement. Close it strong. So then let's talk about scenario B. Let's say that in this scenario, the brand has given you the campaign goals and the deliverables, but they haven't mentioned compensation. They've just mentioned, we're working with this brand. This is what we want. This is when we need it delivered and no mention of any money or payment at all. And so this would be my response if I'm interested. Hi, brand. Thanks for reaching out with this opportunity. And see how I start them the same way? It's okay to use kind of a opening and closing template here. Uh, make it easier for yourself. All right, let me start that over. So hi, brand. Thanks for reaching out with this opportunity. Working with brand would be a great fit for my brand that would undoubtedly resonate with my readers. Is brand working with a marketing budget for this campaign? Question mark, end of story. So it's very similar to my other email, but it's kind of short, sweet, and to the point. So it shows that I am interested, but it shows that I want to know, are you going to pay me or are you not? This is important here. Don't attach your rates and don't finish your email with, I'm happy to send my rate sheet if needed. At this point, if you're already in the game, you have to play hardball. I always recommend giving a brand an opportunity first to come back with a budget. Of course, there's going to be times when you might get a response like, please send your rates for review. But if you have the opportunity to leave the ball in their court so you can be better prepared for the rebound, take the opportunity. This way, you can run your numbers based on their budget and any added costs on your end, you can make sure to add those in. So I have a little insider tip. Keep raising your rate until someone says no. If you're charging 200 per post and everyone is saying yes, double your rate. And if everyone is still saying yes, Keep going and bumping it up until you see pushback. I personally raise my rate almost monthly. So at the end of the day, the worst thing that you can do in either of these scenarios is put a hold on the compensation conversation. Get it out of the way right away. You never want to wait until you're halfway into a campaign with a handful of back and forth email exchanges before agreeing to compensation terms. Why? Because it's a waste of damn time. Like, it's just not worth your time. You have to get that are you paying me conversation out of the way before you move on to how much are you paying me. Okay, I got a little passionate there. <laughs> Tip number five, um, you have to play the long game. And what I mean here is don't react on impulse. I feel like everyone always says the least painful negotiations are the ones that are the quickest. And while that may be the case, theoretically closing a quick deal impulsively can also translate to a big slew of problems. First and foremost, impulsivity can lead to mistakes and important details, which is kind of an obvious one, but it's, I feel like, important to talk about. I actually recently negotiated a small collab where I was just sharing a product via stories only. No posts were required. And collabs like this, from my experience, are often easier and require much less in terms of 
requirements and contract language than an actual posting collab. And so would it have been really easy for me to just rush through and sign the contract? Yeah, of course. It, it was a, It's a tiny little thing. It was quick. But I took my time because I've learned my lesson over the year and I actually found a major red flag in the ownership rights section of the contract. And to give you an example, this is what it said. I understand that my image may be edited, copied, exhibited, published, or distributed and waive the right to inspect or approve the finished product wherein my likeness appears. Uh, no. Remember that a good business deal is almost never made without a back and forth negotiation and it's totally normal to request amendments like this. So what I did was I simply told the brand that I could not consent to the highlighted language and I asked that this section be amended and lucky for me they changed it right away and we were good to go. In a situation where a brand might refuse to change something that you weren't comfortable with consenting to, that's your cue to back out. So playing the long game also means being prepared to submit a counteroffer to a brand and even more so being prepared to tackle their response. And a few people had questions about this in terms of when a brand gives me an offer, can I push back? And the answer is 100% yes. Remember that in a negotiation, you always have the right to counter a brand's offer, even if they've already put one on the table. Some cases, of course, their number is going to be firm with no wiggle room in the budget. And if this is the case, you have to just ask yourself, how can I adjust those requirements so that both parties can feel confident in the agreement? You can negotiate for things if they're not going to budge with the compensation, like fewer posting requirements. You can negotiate for a shorter exclusivity term, fewer image rights. It's really about what feels fair to you for the amount of work that you know you're going to be putting in. In other scenarios where the brand is upfront about their budget, after you've gathered the asks, it's up to you to kind of make that decision about whether or not their offer is something you're willing to accept and something that you're comfortable with. This is the point in their negotiation conversation where I think bloggers struggle the most because it's that fine line where you don't want a brand to back out if your counter is too high, but you don't want to end up putting in more work than you're being paid for. Something I've learned over the years is that you just have to suck it up and go for it. Let go of the fear about a brand hearing your counter and saying, ah, nah, forget it, because it just, it doesn't happen. It's so rare. I've never heard of it ever happening. Worst case scenario is that they're firm on their offer and they decline your counter and then you just go from there. I personally tend to approach these type of scenarios in a logical manner, being a type A. So this is what I'll what I'll say to a brand in a scenario where I'm submitting a counter. I'll say something along the lines of, based on the required deliverables, my rate would be X. And I also might follow that up with one or two social media posts, links from collabs of a similar nature so that the brand can get a better taste for what to expect in terms of engagement, interaction, image quality, etc. Even though they've probably already done their homework, it doesn't hurt to give that extra push. Oftentimes, you're going to find that a brand with a budget is going to nudge their offer just a bit, but not enough. And at that point, I'll usually offer to meet in the middle of their second offer and my proposed rate. Remember that compromise is really important too. And while you should absolutely 100% stick to your guns and value your worth, you also always have to be thinking about that extended relationship. 
If it is a brand you value, agree to take a cut for your first collab and then blow them away with your performance so you can gain that trust. I actually did this last year with a brand whom I saw a long-term opportunity with and I went above and beyond on my deliverables. And guys, they are now paying me close to 10K every six months. And if that is not an example of why this is important, I don't know what is. So that brings us to our last negotiating tip, which also kind of ties in a little bit to playing the long game. And it is tip number six, always over deliver. This is especially true for first-time collaborations. And while it's going to require a little more work on your part, it's work that will be more than compensated for, per my example above, if you secure that ongoing relationship. So a great way to make your mark here is to offer multiple touch points and exposure for the brand. If you're required to post on Instagram, take the few extra minutes to craft that same post for Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter, and make sure the brand knows that extra effort that you're putting in. So let's say you're in another scenario where you're shooting a product campaign. In the 60 shots you took to get the perfect one, maybe think about packaging up your best 10 for the brand to potentially use on socials. A little bit of extra effort can go a really, really long way. It's also important to be asking the right questions so that you fully understand the value of the partnership to this brand as you're developing your content. Ask about their KPIs or key performance indicators. Ask about their objectives for the campaign. Understand how the brand is measuring success and then craft your content accordingly. You can say something like, what would a win look like for X with this campaign in mind? Not only does this question show that you're invested in doing your part, but it often gives you additional valuable information that you may not otherwise get from a standard campaign brief that's going to give you a leg up. Once your campaign has wrapped, you'll typically be asked to send over certain statistics like Instagram story views, performance stats, etc. Make sure you're doing this on time, if not before the deadline. Your contact whom you're sending to is most likely a small player on a really big team, and being prompt is going to make their job easier too. If a campaign doesn't require closing stats, send them anyway. It's just another example of a great way to show that you've done your part with the brand's best interest in mind. Jenna from our Facebook group asked what to include in this kind of email, and I would recommend simply sending your insights, so your likes, your comments, your reach within 48 to 72 hours of your post going live. Okay, so I want to close it out right about here, and I want to move on to our Q&A because we have some good ones. And if you are new around here and you're just jumping in, I like to close every episode with a follow-up Q&A from questions I've kind of gathered throughout the week from you and questions that are usually related to the topic that we're chatting about. So if you have questions for upcoming episodes, by the way, your questions help me so much. They help me formulate better episodes for you, so don't be shy to ask them. The best way for me to gather your questions and keep track is right in our Facebook group. What I'll usually do is I'll post a topic thread a week or so before recording an episode, and I'll make sure that I either A, weave the questions into the episode, or B, answer them as a part of our Q&A segment like I'm about to do now. So if you are not a member of our Facebook group, you can join by simply entering the following link into your browser, and it is bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB. 
So question number one is from Michaela, and she asks, how do you handle having to ask for a time adjustment for a collaboration such as an extension of the deadline? Okay, this can be a tough one because doing this is on you. And my first piece of advice here is to not have to ask in the first place. If you're signing a contract, be 100% sure that you can deliver before signing that contract. That being said, of course, things come up. Typically, if it's something major, major enough to delay a campaign deadline, I recommend just being honest with your brand contact. Let them know why you need an extension and exactly how long you need it for. Don't leave any gray areas. In this kind of situation, I feel like it's also important to make sure you're on top of your game and working your ass off to over-deliver since you've technically breached contract. So keep that in mind also. But bottom line, I just recommend being honest, being upfront, and being really clear about what you need. Question number two comes from Jenna, and she asks, should we reach back out to brands that didn't have a budget a year ago to see if they're interested in a paid project now? And my answer is absolutely, totally. You'll miss... 100% of the opportunities you can't take. I love that quote. I feel like it's so true, especially in relation to what we do as bloggers. What I would do in this situation is I'd approach the contact reminding them who you are and when you spoke last with a few fresh ideas on how you could work together to create some great content. And just remember that what may not have been a fit a year ago could be the perfect one now. So I absolutely recommend getting back in touch. And in some cases, you don't even need to wait a year, wait a few months. You really just have to feel it out. So question number three also comes from Jenna. By the way, Jenna, you are a absolute superstar. Jenna is so on top of her game with questions for every single episode every week. And they are such good ones. So everybody can learn a thing or two from Jenna. (laughs) Okay, so she asks... What happens and what should we do if a brand breaches contract and is late on deadlines, published dates, and what I'm going to add in here is payment because that's a big one too. So this one's tricky because there are really, you have like two options here. You can either A, push them as much as you can on your own or B, get a lawyer involved. And of course, our first thought is, well, I'm not paying for a lawyer because a lawyer is expensive. And in most situations, honestly, you wouldn't. But Unfortunately, these kinds of things happen from time to time. And to be honest, when they do, I take it as a lesson learned. Both bloggers and brands are very quick to earn a reputation in this community. So just kind of tread wisely when you're working with someone new. As a little side note, Facebook groups are a great resource to get advice from others if you're unsure about a newer brand or others' experiences. I personally look to groups like uh, Reward Style Bloggers and Influencer Collective. Those usually have a great community of women who are usually very open and honest and willing to share. If it does come down to them breaching contract, I would personally follow up immediately highlighting that exact contract language that they're breaching and asking them for a date of resolution. And in these cases, it's also a good idea if you feel comfortable. And I know sometimes that this can be a hard conversation to have, but get on the phone. If you get someone on the phone, usually you're going to get a much more honest and a much more conclusive response. In terms of late payments, If you sign a contract that said that you'll be paid on a given date, it just doesn't happen, I would follow up a day after, if not like end of the day, day of. Some bloggers choose to charge a late fee for every week or day that a payment is late. And if there's pushback on that charge, they get a lawyer involved. Um, The thing here too, though, is that 
that could end up costing you more money out of your pocket in the long run. So honestly, you really just have to kind of trust your own judgment in a situation like this. So moving on to our last question, if a brand doesn't send over a contract, should we? What should be included and what's the best format slash program? Absolutely 100%. If a brand isn't sending over a contract, it should be a yellow flag. Not necessarily a red flag, but we'll say a yellow flag. Stop and assess why. Usually, it's just an indication that they're just starting out and maybe don't have the experience with social media campaigns. And if that's the case, send your own. I actually have a resource that I'm going to share with you guys from my digital shop and it is a contract template that is totally editable and customizable for your brand and so what I'll do is I'll share that resource I'll share a little bit about what it is what you can expect and I'll share a discount code with you guys exclusively in the Facebook group at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on fb all right we're gonna wrap here for today's episode if you still have questions I don't want to hear them. I'm just kidding. Let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram, blogging unscripted. You can post your question in the group. Look out for those question threads in our Facebook group. If you are not a member, you know where you can join because I've said it a million times, but just in case you have short-term memory loss, it's bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on Facebook, on FB, not Facebook, blogging unscripted on FB. And if you haven't already, Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe, especially review. Those I feel like are the most important. And don't forget to come say hi. I love seeing all of your tags and stories. And I so appreciate you guys sharing with your own followers about the podcast. It honestly makes my day every time I see someone saying that they're listening or that they've found the podcast and they're loving it. One of my followers the other day sent me a DM with literally like 10 pages of notes that she took from the podcast and I felt like a proud mom. I I was I was so happy and so proud and I showed all of my family and friends. (laughs) So last but not least make sure to follow me on Instagram at Danielle Gervino and at Blogging Unscripted and I will see you guys for our next episode which Spoiler alert, I have no idea what it's going to be about. So if you have ideas, let me know. Chat soon.